Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Yo, Peter, you said we should be nice to people who treat us poorly? Don't you know what up around here, boy? Ain't nobody disrespecting me. Got to have boundaries. And, and you want me to show respect to those showing me disrespect? I'm going to get nail your butt to a tree. Don't you go be being nice to people dissing on us. <laughs> hey, hopeful. Welcome to For the Hope Sun. Sometimes uh, maybe over the top. Listener prayer power daily audio Bible where we read through every word of God's revelation of himself and consider our life and work stories in light of that, including the fact that today I'm just going to get into some reading so I can get back on my regular release cadence and get this posted for those of you who listen first thing in the morning. Sorry, I've not been perfectly consistent about that of late. My heart is always to have these published right after midnight Pacific time on release day and we'll get there someday when I can devote a little more time to the podcast. But episode 1701, five plus years of doing this. And by the way, um, multiple times, even just in this last year, a couple times, I've addressed issues of church and state. And you will note that yesterday I didn't go there explicitly because the heart issue is actually deeper than that. Remember that the answer to bad authority isn't no authority, it's good and righteous authority. But the lesson, and that flows into today's reading, is that every one of us is at least a leader of ourselves, even as we all, every one of us, deals with our own hearts when it comes to submitting to someone else and sometimes God, whether that's at work or in government or at home or on the local PTA committee. And I just want you to remember, Peter also said, it's not just about endurance, it's a witness to others. And he continues. First Peter chapter three, picking up in verse 13. Who then will harm you if you are devoted to what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear them or be intimidated, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and reverence, keeping a clear conscience, so that when you are accused, those who disparage your good conduct in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which he also went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in the past were disobedient when God patiently waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. In it a few, that is eight people, were saved through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers 
subject to him. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same understanding, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin, in order to live the remaining time in the flesh no longer for human desires, but for God's will. For there has already been enough time spent in doing what the Gentiles choose to do, carrying on in unrestrained behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you don't join them in the same flood of wild living, and they slander you. They will give an account to the one who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead, so that, although they might be judged in the flesh according to human standards, they might live in the Spirit according to God's standards. Let me pause there just for a second before finishing up a couple more verses. Peter's not saying here, it says, For this reason the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead. That doesn't mean, as uh, some sadly even people who profess Christianity teach this doesn't mean that god went uh, jesus went and preached to people in spirit prison or in purgatory he's talking about those who are still dead spiritually because they haven't submitted their lives to jesus right for this reason the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead so that although they might be adjudged according to the flesh according to human standards they might live in the spirit according to god's standards meaning (laughs) that they might be saved. Continuing. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. All right, and with that little um, doxology, that gets us up through verse 11 of chapter 4, and we'll come back to that. So, turning back to our Old Testament segment in the book of Second Chronicles, and honestly, we're within about 16 chapters of finishing up our next round, through, or, or this the fifth time we've gone through the whole Old Testament. Uh, wait a minute, no, fourth. But anyway, um, it's a whole bunch, and uh, I love reading it with you. Picking up in Second Chronicles chapter 10, Solomon has just died, and now, well... It kind of goes downhill. Second Chronicles 10. Then Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. When Jeroboam son of Nebat heard about it, for he was in Egypt where he had fled from King Solomon's presence, Jeroboam returned from Egypt. So they summoned him, and then Jeroboam and all Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam. Your father made our yoke harsh. Therefore, lighten your father's harsh service and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam replied, Return to me in three days. So the people left. 
Then King Rehoboam consulted with the elders who had attended his father Solomon when he was alive, asking, How do you advise me to respond to this people? And they replied, If you will be kind to this people and please them by speaking kind words to them, they will be your servants forever. But he rejected the advice of the elders who had advised him, and he consulted with the young men who had grown up with him, the ones attending him. He asked them, What message do you advise we send back to this people who said to me, Lighten the yoke your father put on us? Then the young men who had grown up with him told him, This is what you should say to the people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter for us. This is what you should say to them. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Now, therefore, my father burdened you with a heavy yoke, but I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I with barbed whips. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day, just as the king had ordered, saying, Return to me on the third day. Then the king answered them harshly. King Rehoboam rejected his elder's advice and spoke to them according to the young men's advice, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to it. My father disciplined you with whips, but I with barbed whips. The king did not listen to the people because the turn of events came from God in order that the Lord might carry out his word that he had spoken through Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king had not listened to them, the people answered the king, What portion do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. Israel, each to your tent. David, look after your own house now. So all Israel went to their tents. But as for the Israelites living in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Then King Rehoboam sent Hadaram, who was in charge of the forced labor, but the Israelites stoned him to death. However, King Rehoboam managed to get into his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. Israel is in rebellion against the house of David until today. And there you go, my friends, the beginnings of the separation of what, what we know to be the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah for hundreds of years thereafter. Here we go. Chapter 11. When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he mobilized the house of Judah and Benjamin, 180,000 fit young soldiers, to fight against Israel to restore the reign to Rehoboam. But the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the man of God, Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all Israel in Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, this is what the Lord says, you are not to march up and fight against your brothers. Each one of you return home, for this incident has come from me. So they listened to what the Lord said and turned back from going against Jeroboam. Rehoboam stayed in Jerusalem, and he fortified cities in Judah. He built up Bethlehem, Edom, Tekoa, Bethzer, Soko, Adullam, Gath, Marashah, Ziph, Adarim, Lachish, Azekah, Zorah, Aijalon, and Hebron, which are fortified cities in Judah and Benjamin. He strengthened their fortifications and put leaders in them with supplies of food, oil, and wine. He also put large shields and spears in each and every city to make them very strong, so Judah and Benjamin were his. The priests and Levites from all their regions throughout Israel took their stand with Rehoboam. For the Levites left their pasture lands and their possessions and went to Judah and Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. 
So they strengthened the kingdom of Judah and supported Rehoboam, son of Solomon, for three years, because they walked in the ways of David and Solomon for three years. Rehoboam married Mahalath, daughter daughter of David's son Jeremoth, and and of Abihail, daughter of Jesse's son Eliab. She bore sons to him, Jeush, Shemariah, and Zaham. After her, he married Makah, daughter of Absalom. She bore Abijah, Atai, Ziza, and Shelomith to him. Rehoboam loved Makah, daughter of Absalom, more than all his wives and concubines. He acquired 18 wives and 60 concubines and was father of 28 sons and 60 daughters. Rehoboam appointed Abijah, son of Makah, as chief leader among his brothers, intending to make him king. Rehoboam also showed discernment by dispersing some of his sons to all the regions of Judah and Benjamin and to all the fortified cities. He gave them plenty of provisions and sought many wives for them. And that gets us up through chapter 11. And we continue the rest of that story tomorrow and kind of the downfall of Rehoboam. And well, it's just going to keep going downhill. Spoiler alert. Um, But we've got a chunk of the book of Proverbs to get through between now and when we finish up uh, Chronicles so that we kind of wrap up the Old Testament all in one fell swoop. And so we're picking up today in Proverbs 22 at verse 17. Now, this through the middle of uh, Proverbs 24 is the 30 sayings of the wise, which, as commentators say, bear striking parallels to some Egyptian writings called the teachings of uh, (laughs) Amenemopi. Right, that. But I'll say this. Remember that Solomon is trading internationally, right? So it's not wrong to, you know, it's no different than if your pastor quotes a book that isn't the Bible. So with that, the beginning of the 30 sayings of the wise. Listen closely, pay attention to the words of the wise and apply your mind to my knowledge. For it is pleasing if you keep them within you and if they are constantly on your lips. I have instructed you today, even you, so that your confidence may be in the Lord. Haven't I written for you 30 sayings about counsel and knowledge in order to teach you true and reliable words so that you may give a dependable report to those who sent to you, who sent you? Don't rob a poor person because he is poor and don't crush the oppressed at the city gate for the Lord will champion their cause and will plunder those who plunder them. Don't make friends with an angry person, and don't be a companion of a hot-tempered one, or you will learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Don't be one of those who enter agreements, who put up security for loans. If you have nothing with which to pay, even your bed will taken from under you. Did that just come out right? Even your bed will be taken from under you. Don't move an ancient boundary marker that your ancestors set up. Do you see a person skilled in his work? He will stand in the presence of kings. He will not stand in the presence of the unknown. When you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat. If you have a big appetite, don't desire his choice food. 
for that food is deceptive. Don't wear yourself out to get rich because you know better. Stop. As soon as your eyes fly to it, it disappears, for it makes wings for itself and flies like an eagle to the sky. Don't eat a stingy person's bread and don't desire his choice food, for it's like someone calculating inwardly. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit the little you've eaten and waste your pleasant words. Don't speak to a fool, for he will despise the insight of your words. Don't move an ancient boundary marker and don't encroach on the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is strong and he will champion their cause against you. Apply yourself to discipline and listen to words of knowledge. Don't withhold discipline from a youth. If you punish him with a rod, he will not die. Punish him with a rod and you will rescue his life from Sheol. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will indeed rejoice. My innermost being will celebrate when your lips say what is right. Don't let your heart envy sinners. Instead, always fear the Lord, for then you will have a future and your hope will not be dashed. Listen, my son, and be wise. Keep your mind on the right course. Don't associate with those who drink too much wine or with those who gorge themselves on meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will become poor and grogginess will clothe them in rags. Listen to your father who gave you life and don't despise your mother when she's old. Buy and do not sell truth, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. The father of a righteous son will rejoice greatly and one who fathers a wise son will delight in him. Let your father and mother have joy and let her who gave birth to you rejoice. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. For a prostitute is a deep pit and a wayward woman is a narrow well. Indeed, she sets an ambush like a robber and increases the number of unfaithful people. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has conflicts? Who has complaints? Who has wounds for no reason? Who has red eyes? Those who linger over wine. Those who go looking for mixed wine. Don't gaze at wine because it's red, because it gleams in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things, and you will say absurd things. You will be like someone sleeping out at sea, or lying down on the top of a ship's mast. And they say, They struck me, but I feel no pain. They beat me, but I didn't know it. When will I wake up? I'll look for another drink. And my friend, that gets us up through chapter 23 which is another 35 verses. All right, with that, I hope today, being a little bit different, was uh, working for you. Would you remember this? There is no... The, the, the response to bad authority isn't no authority. It's good and righteous authority. Who are we going to follow? There's a reason why part of the attack of the enemy is to 
tell you that God isn't fair or just or good. And sadly, some people believe him. But I hope that's not you. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.